Wake up in the morning, make you two sloppy eggs. Find a piece of cheese and put it on some bread. Have a cup of joe, and the next thing that you know, it's time for you to hit the road. Make my day, I like it in the morning. Make my day, and even in the afternoon. Make my day, sometimes in the evening. Make my day, and even when I'm sleeping too. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Marcus Brown. It's a real pleasure to have you guys here at the show, Make My Day, episode 45. We have a really special guest for us today. It is Chelsea LeBate of Songcrafter Radio. Tencent Poetry is what she is known as, as an artist, as a musical artist. But she is much more than that. She is a multimedia artist. She is crafting something, I, I think, that is very special and very worth sharing. So I look forward to sharing our conversation later in the show. we got a really special episode for y'all. A lot of big news. A lot of new things are happening cut my hair today. I uh, got a haircut. It's time to move on the old long hair phase. You don't need to be a weird uh, non-regular guy. It's time to get a regular style haircut and that's what I did. I went down to Astor Place hair style cuts and I went in there and got the little cheapy cheapy uh, by Alex. Alex is an incredible hair stylist and Berber and he did a wonderful job on my hair. He said, would you like a hot lather? I said, how much extra is that? He said, I'll give you the hot lather for free, my man. You're, you look good, you sound good, and you smell good, and you're gonna smell even better after the hot lather. And so I got a hot lather, uh, it's hard to explain, but we got a great show for you guys, and I'm really happy that you are here with me today. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get along with it. Let's hit some sports. I don't want to take too much time on this. Baker Mayfield wins the Heisman Trophy out of pure technicality. Carson Wentz goes down with an ACL injury. This is a real shame, especially considering how successful the Eagles season has been thus far. The Thunder still struggling to put it together. Uh, We are not sure what is going on. We are not sure what's going on, but you have a lot of egos on that team. Three big egos, big stars. They're working it out, and it's just like any successful combination of human beings, whether it be romantic or whether it be a sports situation. I'm sure they're going to work it out. Let's take a quick minute to thank our sponsor, McCringle's Meat Supply Products. They are the number one meat supplier in the Northwest Regional area. And I would just like to thank Mr. McCringle for his generous contribution to the Make My Day Fun. This holiday season will be filled with joy. Thank you to McCringle's Meats. Hello, Mr. McCringle, and welcome to Mr. McCringle's Meat Products. You're going to love the way our meat is. It's really thick. It's, it tastes good. It's a good taste of meat. There's nothing like being around a holiday family-style table with a McCringle's meat. Before you run out of time, make sure you pick up your holiday turkey and your holiday ham, assorted oysters, a jarred lard. We got it all at McCringle's Meat Supply and Products Company, LLC. Thank you very much. Be sure to give us a call whenever you would like we are up all night we are having a great time it's a holiday season so have a great holiday season thanks a bunch god willing and bless blessings well guys we're late to the party and i i have to take the blame i have to take the blame because as you know i'm a financial expert i'm a business guru and i should have been telling you guys this from the beginning buy bitcoin but now it's too late sell bitcoin and luckily i'm gonna let you in on a secret you can now short bitcoin as of this last sunday we can short bitcoin to hell we're gonna short it like crazy because we all know 
the U.S. dollar is not going anywhere. I remember my grandfather once said to my father, you uh, better never question the dollar because it's never going to ever going to go away. And it turns out he was right. And that's just the way it's going to be. So I hope that you guys understand out of sheer patriotism that the uh, U.S. American dollar is never going to go away and that you Bitcoiners are really being anti-patriotic. And it's a time for us to get together and heal our wounds and stop buying Bitcoins because really the dollar is the only thing that connects us anymore because it's how we get our jobs. It's how we have an economy even. And if you knew anything about Economics 101, you would know what they would say and the old rules as they said um, and that's why you shouldn't buy bitcoin because it's just not it's just not gonna work it's grover cleveland would have never approved of something like that uh ben franklin he would have hated bitcoin he would have said show me the proof you know and this is just crazy talk I, let's go back I mean, you guys are getting wild here. And besides, you know, we missed our shot. The high transaction fees on Bitcoin alone, you might be looking at Ethereum, maybe. You can give that a shot. Bitcoin Cash, maybe you can give that a shot. That's got real low transaction fees. You're gonna, it's still, still pretty low price. You can get it at a bargain. That being said, I do not give financial advice. This is not a financial show. This is just a regular style show. And I hope you all consider that when making your next financial investment in any cryptocurrency. Real quick, before we get to our interview with Chelsea, I'd like to address the elephant in the room, the bat in the corner, the lion in the lion's den. It is the season of holidays, but also for some freaking reason, it's also the season of SAD or seasonal affectiveness disorder. The sun goes down real low because it gets real depressed and it doesn't want to get up. And it actually makes all the human beings um, not feel very good either. So I would like to just give you guys a little quick pep talk. I want to tell y'all that y'all are all worthwhile. Y'all are special people. I know you are because you're listening to Make My Day and you have a very special sense of humor because a lot of people would think that this is uh, garbage. Uh, but I think that you guys are near and dear to my heart and I really care about you guys. So I want to give you all a couple tips. I want to give you a couple tips to make yourself feel a little bit better. If you're not going to the gym, let's start with that. Go to the gym. I just went, it it was hard, it wasn't feeling very good, but now that I'm done with it, I feel top of the world, tip top, top shop, I feel incredible. And that is something that I think that you guys should do. Give yourself the gift of a gym this holiday season. The next thing, as I said, get a haircut. You're gonna look, feel better. You're gonna feel better, you're gonna look better, you're gonna start getting a lot more romance. Romance is one of the number one aphrodisiacs. It's gonna make you feel real good, you're gonna feel you're gonna, your life's gonna improve a lot, a lot, because when you have someone valuing you, you have an external source of validation, it makes you feel real good. And then the next thing is maybe start reading, meditating, doing, doing a new thing, pick one new thing over the holiday season to kind of take care of yourself, give yourself, uh, you know, some self care. And I just hope that you guys, I hope that you guys take care of yourself. Good luck this holiday season. I hope that you feel good, look good and have a good time. So Thanks for listening, guys. Once again, holiday wishes from me at Make My Day. Hey, guys, Marcus Brown here, host of Make My Day. Just want to do a brief disclaimer before this interview with Chelsea. I enjoy this conversation a lot. Um, so for the first time ever, I'm going to just 
leave it unedited except for some sound stuff that I've done. So I hope you guys enjoyed. It's a little bit longer. Feel free to go have a pizza during the middle of it. Also, there's a reference to a guy, Joseph. Uh, Joseph is a good friend that I've known for a long time, and he is dating Chelsea, which is how I discovered Chelsea. Anyway, I hope you all enjoy this interview with Chelsea LeBay. Today, we have Chelsea LeBate on the show of Tencent Poetry. She is an indie folk musician, and she also hosts Songcrafter Radio, a really interesting, wonderful project that is on Bandcamp, where she helps people get more in tune with their creative side while telling some of her stories. Chelsea, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for thanks for wanting to be on the show. You know, it's uh, always nice to have a fellow musician and uh, creative person. And I've been seeing what you've been doing, and I was really impressed and really like it. I usually don't like many things that people do, and I thought, well, <laughs> wow, I like what Chelsea's doing. Maybe I'll give her give her a shout out, give her a ring, and see if she's interested coming on the old Make My Day. That's awesome. I'm glad to be seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's go ahead and start off with some rapid fire questions, uh, just to kind of warm up. Um, sure thing. So, pots or pans? Pick a side. Pans. Okay. How many push-ups do you do a month? Would you say? Probably about five, just to see like if I can do them. So, do you, yeah. are you? Is that like multiple attempts, like five tries to see if you could do one? Or yeah, or? it's probably like two and a half attempts. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's not that bad, though. Uh, you know, you got to start somewhere. Um, and then I know you're you're a bit of a traveling woman. Um, what what's your second favorite state in the United States of America? Mm, second favorite state. That's a hard one because I tend to just like towns. Mm. Um, okay. How about how about we'll adjust and say uh, second favorite town. Uh, well, most recently, it's been New Orleans, for sure. We accidentally went through on Jazz Fest. Oh, cool. And uh, rode our bicycles around, and it was just, like, so spooky and rich and really spooky, wonderful. isn't it? Yeah, it was really good. Did y'all have a lot of weird late nights and stuff? Yeah, just music, and we slept in the Walmart parking lot. Oh, great. rode our bikes around. And, yeah, there's a lot of hospitality and, at Walmart, for sure. Well, yeah. um, cool. Thanks for being here. Uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do, and uh, all that stuff, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Well, I'm Chelsea Lynn LeBate. I live in Asheville, North Carolina. I grew up in Florida. I moved to New York City after Florida to kind of just open my wings as an artist <laughs> that sounded so cliche and cheesy mm-hmm. um and and uh i was always a drawer and i wrote some poetry growing up and did uh portraits of friends like we'd get those cheesy like school pictures um that would come in like the envelope i don't know if that still happens like school portraits you know and i would take the photos and draw these real intricate kind of like uh pencil drawings but then add like you know like little snails in their hair and make them kind of real whimsical and and I would sell those and make kind of a lot of money as a teenager um and then I got invited to like make murals in kids rooms and then when I left college I 
was like a full-time muralist and traveled all over and painted these like massive murals. And wow. I was little, <laughs> it was just like this little thing. And yeah. I was up on scaffolding and traveling. And so I went to New York city cause I had other friends that had gone up there and, and I was like, I'm going to be a muralist. And so I was painting murals up there and I had a little kid's guitar um, and somebody heard me playing music and they're like, Whoa, you need to go to an open mic. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Huh. <laughs> and they're like, you can go and just get on stage. And, and I was like, well, why would I do that? And they're like, cause you can sing and you, and you sound really good. And I said, all right. And, and I still thought it was just so funny that it was like an open mic, you know, cause I, I was thinking like a microphone is like either on or off. Like that's uh-huh. so weird. And, um, sure enough, you know, you just walk in and you sign up on a piece, piece of paper and they just let you get up there and do whatever you want. Um, and so I played my first song and people clapped. (laughs) I just thought it was hilarious. I was like, I'm a painter. Like, I'm not a musician. What do you think? And at that time I was 23 years old, you know, it's like I had gone through college. I had traveled all over and had been painting these paintings. and, And I was just like, this is hilarious. Like I'm in New York city. It's not like I was in like you know, some little in-between town. And I just kept doing it. I kept writing more songs and, and I had my, I mean, the guitar didn't even plug in. And for that first year, I was just laughing. I just thought it was so funny, you know, that, that people thought I was a songwriter and, you know, and I was like, I'm really not (laughs) like I'm a painter. And, um, and, and the painting scene in New York was pretty bizarre you know everyone was wearing black and drinking red wine and and um it was very sophisticated and i felt like this kind of uh, colorful muppet character from the tropics you know that didn't really fit into the scene and and so i just found myself getting deeper and deeper into the songwriting scene and the scene was so good up there i mean i would just go out and get to hear all these shows and, you know, during the day I would go to all the galleries and the museums and, and I was studying yoga and meditation and learning yeah. about veget you know, vegetarian food. And, and it was just such a rich time for me. Um, and then I went on my first tour <laughs> and I was like, this is crazy. People are paying me money. How did um, that come and- about? Um, I was dating another songwriter who is, is still in New York. His name is Steve Waite. And he's a fantastic performer, plays piano. Mm-hmm. And um, he was older than me and had been performing since he was a little guy. And uh, and he had the idea that he wanted to tour Europe. And so we put this whole tour together. <laughs> and he was like a fake booking agent um, named Tom Cardman with Heat House Records. And I created the logo. I had gone to design school. So we had this whole package, yeah. you know, and he he would call these places up and be like, hey, it's Tom Cardman. I'm calling from New York City. I got two odd artists. You know, they're coming your way. All right. You got you got some room for them or what? Yeah, they're up and coming. Yeah, they're going to blow your mind. You know, it wow. was like who? who cares really, you know, like it's nothing I've ever felt bad about because we showed up and then we did an awesome job performing, you know, and, uh, and we toured six countries and it was about 30 shows and 30 nights, something insane. Um, and, uh, and I just thought it was incredible, you know, that I could move through time and space and just, I mean, represent our country, which is, an experience I had never really had, you know, to, to represent 
not just like, oh, I'm from Florida or I'm from the South, you know, but to represent an entire country um, through my music and through my stories and uh, and just to, you know, to be so well received, to be treated so well by people who, you know, they just know like, wow, you've come such a long way, you know, to, yeah. to come and play in our in our venue. Yeah. Um, so after that I was sold, I was like, man, I, I want to do this. And I had left New York city and I worked on a flower farm. I hadn't had a car in like seven or eight years. Cause I had just had a bike and, you know, lived in places where there's transit. So just that was like a pretty big hurdle. I was like, Oh man, I need a car. Sure. <laughs> if I need it, if I want a tour. Um, and I got a Honda. Everyone was like, oh, you need a tour van. And I'm like, that just sounds awful, you know, to have this huge thing that's going to be breaking down and eating gas. Yeah. Um, so from the beginning, I kind of just did things in a different way and, and uh, yeah, just made phone calls and, and toured mostly the southeast. I was doing the whole east coast, um, but the south is just friendlier. People are slower. They have bigger houses yeah <laughs> i don't know and uh, and it just doesn't snow <laughs> so that's good um and then uh and that's how i found Asheville too is, is i was kind of like homeless for a while after new york i, I didn't sure. know where i it was weird I, I it's not like i had ever planned to be in new york my whole life <laughs> yeah um but i just i never had thought i just didn't think you know, beyond that. So that was also part of what my touring was just kind of like trying to find a town, trying to find a place where, uh, it was cheap to live, where the food's good, where I felt safe, where there were some trees. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really intense, you know, to go on tour and then it, well, it was for me and then come back to New York, you know, where it's so loud and there's so many people and, and, um, it's just kind of like toxic and intense. So that was also part of my, uh, kind of search party. So and, when you yeah. were doing that, those tours, were you booking all those shows too? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I still book. I still book all my own shows. Yeah. How, how many years you have you been like since you started touring? How many years has it been since since then? Um, I think that was. I started playing like in New York, like 2007. Yeah. And that first European tour was uh, 2009. Okay. And then 2010, 11, 12, and 13, I was touring really hard. Mm -hmm. Like, pretty much living out of my car a lot. Your Honda. Um, yeah, the Honda. I painted it, and uh, it got named the Rainbow Racer. <sighs> what, uh, it's like 30. What model? It's like a Honda V six ninety five. Um, it was just beige, you know. Well, I was like, is this it is awful. Accord or well, it's just yeah, oh, okay. I think so. Oh, you yeah, don't even just know. Honda Accord. Yeah, I have <laughs> okay. no idea. It's got okay. a sunroof. It's got oh, leather seats. Well, that's that's uh, luxurious. Yeah, those things run forever. I mean, oh yeah, it's yeah. It, it never let me down. Are you pretty and, much going uh, by yourself? Um, I, I paired up with one cello player in the beginning, um, who learned about three songs. He was pretty bad. And then, uh, we moved into a house with another duo 
that had a guitarist and a cello player. It was so weird. It was like a parallel universe. Wow. And they were gone all the time, and they would come home and... And uh, the cello, they were uh, flipped, though. So the this, the guitarist uh, was male, and then the cello player was female. And so they would come home every once in a while, and and the cello player, Melissa, would, like, bake bread. And she would just come home and make all this food. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was her way of just, like, you know, coming home. And, and so eventually we ditched the guys and then started working together. And I played a lot of shows with Melissa. Oh, cool. And we toured all over. And it was really good. You know, like, we fit in our cars and and we would alternate. You know. So would you say you're, you're more settled now in Nashville? Yeah, so, so I saved up I saved up a lot of money. Um, I saved up $10,000 from touring, which wow. is crazy. Yeah, that's um, great. And I, I didn't tell anybody that I was doing it. I was like, I am going to be homeless for the rest of my life if I'm going to keep doing this music stuff. And so I better get a house <laughs> yeah. or else. I don't know. I was just like really intense about it. And, and I guess, you know, I was averaging over 200 shows a year. I oh mean, my gosh, that's oh. a lot of shows. And, and so just the exhaustion of that, you know, just to make some money, like I was, I was saving like two to $300 a month, you know, which is not a lot. And then everything else was like peanut butter and jelly, mac and cheese, like, you know, <laughs> no tattoos. I'm not buying drugs. You know, all you the go. things that people can spend money on, cigarettes, whatever, none of that, you know? And so it's all just going in this shoebox, you know, underneath the passenger seat. And then, and I hit it. I hit 10 grand and I'm like, holy shit, I did it. And then I start telling people like, hey, I'm going to buy a house. And my stepdad was like, where did you get this money? And everyone was like, what are you talking about? Like, you're the crazy songwriter that lives in a rainbow car and just like drives all over yeah. <laughs> the country. Like what? And, and it just, it was like really intense. I think because people had this like idea of like who I was to them, you know, that I was like this free spirit and I live in this rainbow car and, and I was like, no, I'm buying a house. And, so this was four years ago, and the house is over a hundred years old, um, and everything that it was supposed to be for me, it really wasn't, except for <laughs> some sort of like retirement plan, you know. Um, yeah. But as far as like having a place to come home and like feel like it was mine and like really relax and and like I wouldn't have to keep moving and moving you know, from different rental situations and all of that, you know, it's just like, I didn't know what I was getting into. And yeah, right. It, That's a lot of upkeep and all those oh, headaches and stuff like that. Just crazy, crazy amount of, of attention and totally in over my head. <laughs> and so that's, that's really been, uh, consuming me. That's um, what's kind past. of anchoring you in, in, uh, Asheville. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, for example, this past summer I left, you know, it's, I've been, <laughs> I've been following Joe around <laughs> cause he works on the rivers yeah. and, and I'm like, well, cool. I'm a musician. I can just go where you go. Yeah. And, um, and then like I had to come home this summer, I had all these shows booked in Colorado and I was, I had never played West of the Mississippi. So it was a big thing. Really? And, yeah. And, wow. and then I, and my house was like, 
doing all these weird things and there was water coming in and and I was like oh my god I have to go home like this is awful and I had sublet you know so I had renters and and they were just a nightmare this one guy was just like a total terror and so it, it turned out that, like the house name? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can tell you where he works. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, that, you know, that would like at its worst, it can, you know, it has just like totally just like destroyed my, it <laughs> killed my summer and it cost me a lot of money and, and I lost all the shows. And so like June, in July, I just like didn't play any shows, you know, because I had to cancel all this. And then I'm like, dig. I mean, I dug out my whole basement. Like everything was wet. It was like a nightmare. But the summer before, I did the same thing. I rented out the house and I bought a ticket to Paris. And I was like, see ya, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was gone like the house had no problems i thought i was gonna play shows over there but i ended up just writing my second book and like eating croissants and and drinking cappuccinos and walking through the gardens for like the whole summer you know and it and so it floated me it allowed me to be over there that's amazing i guess sometimes you know things work out better than you think and then sometimes they don't you know exactly well, so you mentioned your second book. Well, I, I don't yes. know if I, I knew about your first one. <laughs> well, the first book um, is Song Crafter, um, which started out as an audio series because I was being asked in the Asheville community to teach songwriting. And I was like, okay. you know, I don't, well, I don't know. Like, I didn't go to music school. You know, like, I'm a painter. It's like the same story. Like, I don't know what an open mic is. What? You know? And yeah. they're like, Chelsea. So why don't you tell everybody what Song Crafter is? Well, it, it just started, you know, from fellow musicians here asking me to help them to write songs. Okay. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you know how to write a song. It's like, <laughs> no, we, you know, we, we need your help. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I rented a room in the kind of basement of this church and and I started holding these weekly classes. And from there, I was like, man, I need a book. Yeah. And I'd never read any books on songwriting because I just knew how to write songs, you know. And yeah. and so even that was strange. It's like, I don't know. And there's also really something kind of like taboo about like teaching songwriting. Like people think like you can't teach songwriting for whatever reason. You can teach somebody how to write a novel or how to you know like write yeah. poetry but you can't teach songwriting and it's like a unicorn has to come through you know and and tap you on the head when you're sleeping or i don't know it's like so that is another strange thing that i kept coming up against um so i find all these books in nashville that are mostly written you know they're like these number one hit books and they're all printed in nashville from what i could see um and it goes from like, okay, this is the structure of a song to, okay, this is how you make it a number one hit. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, we're on <laughs> chapter three. Like, what the hell? You know, yeah. these people are shaking in their boots. Like they are afraid to write. And so what I'm realizing is like, oh my God, you know, like this is, this has nothing to do with songwriting. Like I teach kids who can write a song in like 20 minutes, you know, I like my dog. I like my mom. I like the flowers. Everything's good. You know, whatever. It's just yeah. like, it's really easy. You know, one. like we can, yeah, exactly. It's like number one hit, you know? <laughs> and, um, 
And so that's what I'm seeing. I'm like, oh, okay, this is like not really so much about, you know, can you write a song or, or not? It's like, can I write a song about my mother who I haven't talked to in 20 years? You know, or okay. can I write a song after I've already recorded six albums and yeah. won all these awards, you know, cause I had like some big names coming in. I was like, what really? like, yeah, I'm like, you need me to help you write. Oh, yeah. I've been trying to write this album for 20 years. You know, it's like, what? Okay. You know, and, and so I was like, we're gonna... those peop- any of those people? Or yeah. What, I, I mean like BJ Lederman, BJ Lederman from NPR was in one of my first classes and okay. I was just like, you wrote all the NPR songs. Really? <laughs> like, why do you need me? You know? And he's like, I've never written my own songs. Duh. And I'm horrified. He's like, I'm afraid of what they'll be, you know? And, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, let's just start with the first one. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Make and sure so it's it the best this, one that you've ever done. <laughs> In your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's that's what I discovered is like, wow, there's just like so much pressure behind all of this, you know, where if you're not trying to be, you know, somebody who's, uh, you know, making it or making a song that will then make millions and, you know, buy a house for your mom in the Florida Keys, it's like, whoa, you know, we're just trying to write the next song. And, and that's kind of the space that I started to cultivate is like, we're just going to write the next song. That's it, you know, and, yeah. and to not, not ask the song to be anything more than, just, than a song. It's yeah. just a song, you yeah. know, and it's like, what kind of culture do we have that it's like the song is supposed to, you know, just erase all of our past wounds our collective trauma and earn us money and make us famous and clean up the planet you know it's well, like whoa that's a lot and hopefully at the same time not reveal anything about ourselves right no of course not of course yeah. not um so that's song crafter so it, it really yeah. was you know all of these kind of like stories and these little prompts and scribbles it was just a stack of papers that I was coming in every week and I would just tell them stories and say, okay, and now we're going to write about the same theme as this story. And that's a whole other world is like, how do you give a writer, how do you give someone who is extremely talented, you know, like these songwriters, like they just know, you know, they knew how to write the songs. And, And that's different from like a lot of these books are like, I don't know, like trying to break down, you know, all the mechanics. And, and so, you know, all of this song crafter work is, is not, you know, chord progressions and anything. It's like how to pay attention to your life, Yeah, you know, how to find the narrative, how to, how to, um, acknowledge that your addictions may be <laughs> a part of why you can't, you know, keep writing where it, maybe it works for a bit or, you know, whatever, whatever the story is, maybe you need to start drinking beer. Maybe you're too sober, you know, it's like huh. whatever, whatever that is, you sure. know, and just kind of like having that conversation and, and just, they really love the prompts, like that was what surprised me is that they just wanted a prompt. They're like, just tell me what to write about. And then we would come in every week and it's like, okay, like the first one I always start off and it's childhood. And so I'm reading stories about childhood. We're trying to think of as many songs about childhood as we can, you know? And so you're starting with like textures and, 
and colors and getting bit by ants, you know, and, and all, you know, the smells of the kitchen and your grandma and like everybody had a childhood. (laughs) It may have been a, you know, totally like kind of strange upbringing or, you know, it's like everyone has a different story within that, but that's something that we all share is child, you know, we were all kids. How many years were you teaching the class? I was, I was resisting for a long time. So I would do these little, like either four or eight week thrown together underground things, you know, um, over the course of about two or three years. Okay. And And, when did it transition into its audio format? I started doing that as I was teaching because I was like, these are musicians and a lot of them tour you know? And so I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I just read this and then they have an audio file. So it would be like a weekly little story or a weekly prompt, you know, instead of like more papers. And and you were sharing that with your students? Yeah. In house. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it would be like, you know, so I'd share with them in the class and then I'd be like, and then I'll send you some, you know, some audio files. Okay. And then they would have like either a story or a prompt or, and then it kind of turned into like a memoir kind of thing where I'm just like talking about being on the road, you know, and what happens when this comes up and what happens when, you know, you're, you're just like totally doubting yourself so much that it's debilitating, you know, and, and how do you pull yourself out of that? Because I think like, you know, that a lot of times that's what it, is it's not that you don't know how to write you know because if you're an artist like you know how to write (laughs) i don't know i mean workshops are good sure like i've gone to workshops and you know have definitely picked up things here and there but the majority of my skills are just from paying attention to life and writing and writing and writing or painting and painting and painting you know and having that input kind of digesting it and then having it come out as a song or a painting or a book or an audiobook or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, I have to say, yeah. I mean, I think it's really brilliant and it's one of my favorite pieces of art that I've encountered over the last year. I mean, it's like the, the format is just so original and awesome. Like it just feels fresh the whole time. Um, and I haven't, awesome. I haven't gotten through all 16 of them or, or however many you said there were, but I think it's super cool. And I definitely think everybody should check it out. All that, that's all on Bandcamp, right? Yeah, it's all up on Bandcamp. I am formatting it as an audio book series. It's going to end up being um, two audio books. So Songcrafter, uh, Songwriter's Companion, and then there's going to be a Songcrafter Encore. Okay. Um, so it'll be two two parts, um, and I've been working on that this past week. Of course, all the files have to be MP3s when everything else I have is like M4 and WAV files, you know, that kind of thing. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to convert yeah. all these. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you seem to have sort of hinted at this, but how do you think you've cultivated so much creativity within yourself? Um. I think I'm kind of an oddball just because I've lived with so many artists. I've been in multiple scenes. And at this point, I see that it's not because I'm living in New York City you know, or I'm 
you know, in an exclusive tropical place. Like it doesn't matter where I am. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that I think comes from growing up in an artist household and it could be genetics. It could be my mom is like a phenomenal artist. Um, she was a school teacher. She just retired. Um, but for, 30 years she taught Montessori and, and she taught me how to draw. She helped with my writing growing up. Um, and you know, our house was kind of one of these places where it's like, okay, dinner time, clear the table, <laughs> you know, it's like we're always clearing these art projects out of <laughs> the common areas so that we could eat and or receive guests. Yeah. Um, and so there's just that fire that, it may be a bit of anxiety, you know, it may be that I'm like so, uh, sensitive, hypersensitive that I have to like kind of, uh, crawl into my cave and, and digest everything, you know, through writing and through whatever it is that I'm working with. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I love it and I love being able to give that to the world. Like I, I know that that's my gift. I've known it for a long time. And mm. it was really kind of fostered, you know, like my, whatever I was into, my folks were like, Oh, you want, you know, to play the flute. Here's a flute. Oh, you want to play the saxophone now? Here's a saxophone. It's like, <laughs> they were never like, Oh, you need to be a lawyer or whatever. Yeah. You know? And, um, and so I still do that with myself, you know, as an adult, it's like, Oh, I want what if I silkscreen on clay? Can I do that? Oh, okay. How do I do that? What happens? You know, so <laughs> it's uh, it's not a flat surface. <laughs> <laughs> things get crazy. Um, but I also say no to a lot of things. And I think that that is huge where, you know, when I see other artists who are like, oh, you write so much. Oh, you know, how do you keep it? How do you keep that going? And it's like, well, there's so many other things that I'm choosing not to do, you know, and I could rattle off a list of those, but you know, if you just think of anything that people do on a daily basis, you know, and one of them is like working a job. <laughs> like I do everything I can to try to like live off of my income as an artist, you know, or to set up some sort of operation that, makes it so that I'm the boss and so yeah. that I can work in the middle of the night if I want to, you know, or I can sleep in late. And then it's like, whatever, I don't, I'm not one of those artists that like wakes up at seven and writes for three hours. And, you know, like that works for some people, but I tend to just kind of like be all over the place and that changes from season to season and year to year. But I'm probably putting 13 to 16 hours a day into my art you know, <laughs> wow. and maybe, maybe I go hiking and maybe, you know, there's, it's like, I'm, I'm not, uh, I still have friends and I go outside and things like that, <laughs> but you know, it, it's like, I'm, I'm just constantly, uh, doing it. Um, so in one of the pieces in song crafter, it's called dream code. Um, you kind of describe your belief in serendipity, intuition, and like the, I don't know, like a sort of magic, a sense of magic that's kind of guiding you. Um, mm -hmm. do you. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> it's funny because I've been like so not woo-woo lately. Yeah. 
well, so that's it's funny that you. <laughs> well, it's fun. It's it's interesting too because I kind of feel the same way. And the second question is, like, ha, ha, I, I actually I have it written down right here. It says, "Have you ever lost faith in that system?" Um, and I guess even to follow that up, just so that you definitely won't remember any of these questions, uh, how would, how do you get it back? You know? Yeah. How do you get it back? Well, recently I just, I, you know, it's like the dream zone. It's like, I know when I am listening and when I'm responding to that. And so like last summer was a great example of that where I was like, I'm going to Paris. Did it make any sense at all? No. You know, like, did I have a, did I have a tour booked? No. You know, like, did I have a band Did I like, did I know the language? No. You know, and it turned out to be one of the like best summers of my life. And summers as an artist, like I, I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I went to the museums and I walked down the streets and I, and I wasn't, uh, cat called like I am in the South, you know, like I realized like, holy cow, like I live in a jungle, man. Like huh. I grew up in this like crazy jungle with like these big dudes who drive these big trucks, you know, and yeah. if I'm pumping gas, like I'm like watching my back. And so what does that do for the creative experience? You know, when, when you feel safe, when you feel like you can expand, when you feel like if you're playing your dulcimer, you know, next to a, a 500 year old fountain, <laughs> you know, and, and somebody comes by and, and they're like, wow, what is this? Where are you from? You know, it's like, I felt appreciated. And, and so that was a, you know, that was a great example of just kind of, you know, following, following that bliss, you know, as Joseph Campbell talks about. Yeah. Um, and then again, it's like, I had to say no to other things which is like, you know, when the other things are like, Oh, I got a tour, I got to make money. I got to whatever, you know, I got to keep going in the, in the race. Um, so even now it's like, I'm not in Paris because of things that went down this past year, um, in my personal life and family life. And it, it kind of like rerouted me in a huge way. Um, but I still know, you know, where, where the dream is kind of thing, you know, and, and I'll get little signs here and there. I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you know, and it's always changing. Um, but I think as an artist, it's, it's really important because that's, that's how, that's how I maintain my passion for my work. You know, it's like, it's, it's like I'm getting support from something beyond myself, you know, if I'm paying attention to, to the codes. So do you think it's about paying attention? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Joe and I were talking today, you know, he's, he wakes up at, he's, he does this thing where he wakes up at four in the morning, like a baker and he goes down there and he's throwing cups and, um, and he threw 10 or 12 of these big kind of pint glasses. And, and he's like, you know, and I could feel myself getting exhausted and the last one, it just flopped, you know, into like <laughs> the clay just collapsed on itself. Okay. And he's like, in that moment, I knew that I could go and do something else, you know, like I can trim pots, I can, <laughs> I can color, you know, or I can tell myself, Oh, I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta tell, you know, Chelsea that I made 20 pots today. So I've got to keep going, you know? Yeah. And it's like, we all have that. It doesn't even matter if you're in, you know, trying to operate in this life as an artist, you know, it's like, so in that case, the message came from the clay itself. 
you know, yeah. the clay told him like, boom, the clay fell onto itself, you know, and who's handling the clay he is. And it has nothing to do with God or spirits or ancestors or whatever. It's just like, you know, he's exhausted Yeah, and it's time to stop. Like it's time to stop. And that's just basic listening. And, and, and I think that we override that a lot, you know, and, and, and I think part of, like when I'm when I'm doing well, you know, with with listening, it's like I'm in I'm in it. I'm in the groove, you know, and I and I don't feel exhausted. I don't feel like I'm at the bottom of the mountain. Um, yeah. I don't care if I'm famous or not. I don't care if I'm rich or not. I don't even care if like the work is is uh, you know getting out to zillions of people. Yeah, it just it's the conversation is there, and I'm responding, um, and so that's kind of keeping keeping the fire going. So what do you have up next for you? Um, I've really been working on finishing. Um, I, you know, I do a lot of things at once and I think that's great, you know, again, cause it's like if something flops, I can just kind of move and shift my focus and keep it fresh. And then I eventually come back around to things, um, which I do. Um, but in this case, you know, Songcrafter has been huge. I started writing these prompts and these stories in 2013. So this is the biggest, longest, most colossal project I've ever <laughs> attempted to do. And I didn't know I was writing a book or an audio series. You know, I thought I was yeah. just teaching classes. Um, so the book is, is uh, well, it's two books are very close to getting done. Um, I have a, an editor working in, in D.C. on the files. Um I'm doing all the drawing. I'm illustrating uh, the cover, the, you know, the inside. It's going to have all these funky drawings. Um, the audiobook, like I said, um, that's a whole other thing. I didn't know, but there are, like, all these programs where you where you convert the files, and then it's totally different than just having, an, you know, like an MP3 because uh, a, an audiobook can bookmark itself, you know, all these things that I had never really thought about. Um, so finishing that and, um, I just finished my new website, which was, you know, really just like this, okay, here's 10 years of my life. You know, like what is, what just happened in these past 10 years since I started playing music, since I started being a songwriter. And I think a lot of what's happening is, is my, um, my visual work is coming back. And I, and I put that down when I first found music, I was like, wow, this is fun. I'm meeting people. I get to travel yeah. like seal, seal later, seal later painting. <laughs> and so now the visual work is coming back, but it's also uh, really difficult to kind of like open that up and not end up all over the place. Um, so I'm allowing that to happen in small ways, um, working with Joe on porcelain. And today I like, was working on the actual clay for the first time. And I told him I wasn't going to touch the clay that I'm not a potter. <laughs> and, um, and of course I'm there, you know, drawing and working on the porcelain and was like, wow, this is just like painting and this is crazy. It's yeah. all translating. Um, so, so yeah, just the big finish. I'm hoping that the, that the end of 2017 will be, you know, I'll have two books. I have an audio book. I'll have a digital book. I have a new website. Um, and then of course I'm always booking shows and, um, and then I'll go into the new year and get to really choose, you know, if, am I going to have another big project 
you know, is it just going to be a year of, of trying to get Songcrafter out to people, you know, at that point I'll choose. So where can we find your work and you moving forward? Um, the best way is just to search 10 cent poetry. Um, I've got a new site up. My domain got stolen by robots. Um, so then the new domain is going to be 10 cent net. I just bought it. Um, but I'm all over, I'm on Facebook and there's YouTube videos. Uh, Bandcamp is awesome because it has all the Songcrafter series as well as all my records and yeah. recordings. Um, I've got animated cut paper videos that are on YouTube as well. Oh, cool. Um, and I haven't it, seen that. Yeah. And, and that was just, again, coming back to the visual world and trying to work it in without going back to being a painter. You sure, know? sure. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, Chelsea, thanks so much for being on the show. Um, it You're was really welcome. a pleasure talking to you. And uh, I don't know. I really enjoy I really enjoy everything that you do, and it's really nice hearing all your stories and, and everything. So I'm really honored, and I hope that our listeners uh, really enjoyed it. So thanks, thanks a bunch. Thank you. Yeah, and I encourage anyone to just send me a note. Like, I'm always into talking to other artists and offering any sort of support. Awesome. So. Cool. I'll, yeah. They should do that. Y'all do that now. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks, Chelsea. Sure. Thanks, Marcus. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Well, that's going to have to do it for Make My Day episode 45. I really appreciate y'all listening and being here with me. I'm on my way to Providence, Rhode Island, so wish me luck. I'm going to hit the road. I think it's going to be a fun drive, a nice relaxing drive, and and I, uh, I'm i going to enjoy seeing the sights, seeing the sounds at uh, Rhode Island. And, uh, yeah, so you guys send me a note at makemydayshow at gmail.com. Go over to marcusbrown.me for more. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk next time. Bye-bye. Wake up in the morning, make you two sloppy eggs. Find a piece of cheese and put it on some bread. Have a cup of joe and the next thing that you know, it's time for you to hit the road. Make my day. I like it in the morning. Make my day. And even in the afternoon. Make my day. Sometimes in the What does that do for the creative experience when you feel like you can expand?